It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where we post everything we have to offer with the Locked On Packers podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. You can find the Locked On Packers podcast, the podcast for Packers fans that know what happened. They want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up with questions, comments, whatever, a movie review, a a Thanksgiving recipe, whatever you want to contribute to the Locked On Packers podcast. You can do that at the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Unfortunately, Ben Fennell from The Athletic and Packers Twitter is still under the weather, but fortunately, Arif Hassan from The Athletic, who covers the Minnesota Vikings, is on the show to join us today in our pre-Thanksgiving episode. It is a... Very important game for the Green Bay Packers. And and I, I sort of half-joked about it in the piece that I wrote for Acme Packing Company earlier in the week. Just the season on the line, n- no big deal, right? I mean, that's where this team is right now. They need to get things together. They need to figure it out. And there's a lot of indicators out there, statistical indicators, that suggest this team is much better then it's record. I mean, they're all over the place. You look at net yards per play, which is a great indicator. Green Bay, a top five team in net yards per play. You look at adjusted net yards per pass attempt, and that seems like a very weird, odd statistic, right? But net passer rating is a stat that's been around for a long time and has been strongly correlated to winning. So how well do you throw as a team compared to how well do you stop teams from throwing? That's net passer rating. But if you take not just passer rating, but sacks, so negative plays, incorporate them, and Green Bay is a top 8-10 team in average net yards per attempt. So it, it there there and and in DVOA they still look solid offensively defensively. You look at even some of the the counting stats and they're really good. Aaron Rodgers 
on pace for a historical Green Bay Packers season. And if it weren't for Drew Brees, would be on pace for really the most productive non-turnover season ever. I mean, 19 touchdowns, one interception, and any other season would be ridiculous except Drew Brees has 25 touchdowns and one interception. But the point here is this team has really just not done the one thing you have to do as a team. There are there are things that set up winning. And and we think about winning in this sort of nebulous way where that is the end goal and everything you do in a game contributes to you winning. Well, that's not really true. Winning is the result of hundreds, if not thousands of different factors and plays and split-second decisions by 22 guys on the field at a given moment. And Green Bay has had some really weird, wonky outcomes. The Ty Montgomery fumble, the Mason Crosby brain fart, the terrible Clay Matthews penalty that is particularly apt to talk about this week with the Vikings on deck because obviously 5-5 five and five is a lot better than 4-5-1. and one. Ask the Minnesota Vikings, who are 5-5, five and five, and have a significantly better chance of making the playoffs than the Packers at 4-5-1, and one, just based on strict numbers. Win this game on Sunday, and those numbers change considerably. Green Bay's record of the three teams in the NFC North, it favors the Packers. They do a lot of things that winning teams do. The only thing that they don't do, really, that winning teams do, is win. And that may seem like a, like a straightforward thing. And it may seem like, oh, well, there must be point to X, Y, and Z as the reasons. But the reasons seem to change every game. And, and maybe that's its own indicator of Green Bay's issues, their struggles, whatever you, know, you want to say, whether it's coaching, it's players, whatever. It's a, it's a confluence of factors that have brought this team to this moment in time. And... They all matter because they all contribute. And 4-5-1 and one is ultimately this team's record. You are not what your record says you are. You are what you put on tape. And you are a reflection of the teams that you've played and how you fared against those teams. Green Bay, at various points in every game this season, has looked really good. They haven't had a single game where it's just like, nah, this team sucks. There, there hasn't been really even a stretch where that's been the case. Even when they've struggled, you know, the first half of the Lions game or the first half of the Washington game, you really, you break down that film and you see it's really just like four or five plays that doomed them. And it was four or five plays in the Washington game that Washington made and Green Bay didn't. And it's some little stuff, a receiver slips here or a cornerback is in the wrong, is just a split second slow here. I mean, it's just, it's fractions. And that's why you see these big statistical indicators calling Green Bay a better team than they seem to be. And speaking of being better than you seem to be, you never want to go home with someone and have them think, oh, I thought they would be better. And yes, we are talking about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed that you need with BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color 
Blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-improved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you already know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy. And all of that means one very simple thing, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to your pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. That's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice for men seeking that little extra boost in the bedroom. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. All right, let's get to Arif Hassan. He covers the Vikings for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan. That's A-R-I-F-H-A-S-A-N-N-F-L on Twitter. Arif, you joined us last year on Locked on Packers. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me. So neither the Packers nor the Vikings come in on a hot streak. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Uh, both teams with with pretty tough luck losses, uh, some ugly parts of performances on both sides of the ball for both teams, frankly. Where are the Vikings right now at this point in the season? I think uh, f- from like if you t- like a gut check reaction, I think the Vikings are barely skating by. If you take a look at some of the numbers, not even like deep dive numbers, just take a look at like these advanced websites that have like playoff projections. The Vikings have like a greater than 50% chance of making the playoffs, which I mean, it seems wild, but also like the rest of the NFC is like kind of doing their part to help the Vikings along. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're not. The Packers very much included. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So they're not out of it, um, but I can understand why after having like three games against three high level teams and not winning any of them uh, that, you know, you don't feel confident about going into the playoffs, right? Like you, you almost rather have um, a bad loss to a bad team, which of course they also have, but then also a win over a good team. And then you can feel kind of confident about, you know, maybe if things go right in the playoffs, you can do something. Given that the the last time these two teams played was week two, and, and there have been a number of changes over the course of the last two months, 
do you think there's there's much we can take away from those two games and and point to this game and say these things will translate from that week two matchup? I guess the biggest takeaway is that it's no longer the game of the year, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that you take a look at that game. Some things translate, right? Like I think that the way the Vikings, uh, you know, design their pressure packages and how that impacts Rodgers uh, does kind of translate. But I mean, it's a different Aaron Rodgers. It's a different receiving core. Uh, it's even a different running back, right? So there's a lot that that kind of doesn't translate. Rodgers is healthier, um, and and his like his mobility is still going to be a problem. The Vikings have always had you know, difficulty with that, um, how the receiver matchups work out. Like maybe it's not as good of a receiver core. Maybe it's a better receiver core. Regardless, the individual matchups are different. So that's going to play out a little bit differently. Um, and then for the Vikings, of course, things are a little bit different. I think everyone kind of just assumed a Vikings team that was building off of that defense from last year. Uh, and even in week two, you could say, you know, hey, they did really well against San Francisco. Um, they did reasonably well against, you know, an Aaron Rodgers-led team. Uh, you know, maybe it is that defense from last year. You wouldn't even question it. But now there's a lot of questions about whether or not it's the same defense. So, yeah. And and also uh, the Vikings changed their base coverage defensively. Um, so they, they did a lot of single high stuff, cover one, cover three. That wasn't working for them. And so for the last several weeks, they've done a lot of cover two, cover four type stuff. And so what the Packers are going to see is going to be different. Uh, the other side of the ball is, is largely very similar. Um, Adam Thielen's health is a little bit different. Um, but you know, you've got Pat offline back, so they should be able to run the ball a little bit better. Um, but you know, that's, that's mostly the same offensively. I think defensively the Packers have mostly grown, but that's kind of not been the conversation in, in Packers territory. So I don't have a ton of information on how Packers fans feel about that. Yeah. I think right now the conversation in green Bay is, is very much dominated by the offense, despite the fact that the defense has really played pretty well, uh, especially lately. So, uh, to, to your point, I mean, I think the game defensively for Green Bay, that second half meltdown, uh, given the way that the players are playing, if mm-hmm. if the Packers secondary is moderately healthy, I think we're far less likely to see something like that. But that game, that week two game, that seems to be as well as Kirk Cousins maybe has ever played. I mean, he was lights out in that game for for most of it, including the, you know, the drives that probably shouldn't have counted after the Clay Matthews hit that right. we don't need to relitigate on this show. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, um, for either of our purposes, because the game ended in a tie anyway. But how how have you um, evaluated Kirk Cousins' play this season? Well, so going so one of the kind of critical nexus points I think for Cousins, uh, both heading into the off season, during training camp, heading into the first couple of games was whether or not he'd be able to perform in hurry-up situations. So uh, that was a big problem coming out of, of Washington. In camp, he didn't complete a single, like, there were there were a bunch of situational drills where, you know, the offense is down five points, they have to drive down the field uh, and score a touchdown, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, there's like 148 left on the clock in a timeout or whatever, very similar situations. And they didn't complete a single one of them. The defense won every single one. You could say, Hey, that defense is really good. Maybe it's like an all-time defense, and and Cousins might be like average at this, and this is just what it looks like. Um, which that would actually still concern me. But uh, you know, you could maybe have an excuse there. In in the preseason, he didn't get a lot of exposure to that. In the first game, you know, he didn't have to do that in the second half. Although there were some game management issues. Uh, at the end of the first half, he had an opportunity and he didn't take advantage of it. In that game, it felt like. You know, holy crap, you know, maybe he would have had that drive if Laquan Treadwell hadn't like dropped the ball and led to an interception. Um, but, you know, the Packers 
you know, had what a 40 second drive after that or something like that. So he got another opportunity, which he shouldn't have had. And he was able to execute on that opportunity and tie up the game. Maybe he's actually a lot better in these two minute situations than we thought. Now we've had eight more games where we can see two minute opportunities at the end of every half. And unfortunately near the end of every game uh, where he's had an opportunity to kind of drive the ball. And I don't know that he's completed a single one of those successfully either, um, and, and the Packers one stands out as kind of like the lone success. Uh, and so that's a big concern to me. I mean, it sounds like this game is going to be close. The last game was close. The teams are very close in record. I think the advanced statistics indicate that they're close in terms of quality. Um, so mm-hmm. this game will be close at the end. And, you know, I, there's one quarterback in the game where I absolutely trust in two-minute situations, kind of regardless of what happened on third and two, uh, that one uh, last week, and another one where I'm very, very concerned. So that's kind of a critical nexus point. But I think overall, absent kind of these situational, you know, drills and stuff like that, you know, he's a good quarterback. If you take a look at kind of what he does pre-snap um, and what happens when when the play goes according to plan, he's like a top five quarterback, um, which I know sounds like a really bold statement, but it's kind of all of these other areas that he falls short in, that he might even be a below average quarterback that kind of drag him down. Um, which doesn't mean that the Vikings are overpaying him or anything like that. In fact, it, it feels like actually they're paying him an appropriate amount. If you take a look at his cap hit kind of relative to the rest of the league among quarterbacks, it's like below 20th. Um, but uh, it is it is frustrating. Uh, I promise that this question is not a concern troll or a troll of any kind. Um, but Packer fans and Vikings fans have have been enjoying arguing about Dalvin Cook versus Aaron Jones. And <laughs> okay, Wow. Sure. And we're not going to we're not going to I don't want to litigate that argument here either. But Dalvin Cook to start last season just like destroyed everyone before tearing up his knee. Right. And he has not been that player this season. He's he's had more injuries. Um, at, at what point do we start to wonder if that beginning of his career is the outlier and not the rest of what we've seen? I think no. I think that's that's a fair question. I think that um, you begin to wonder when all of the other indicators of running back play uh, fall behind, and they really haven't. It's really an issue of run blocking. Um, he, for a lot of the season, had had more yards after contact than yards, um, and I think he ranks third or fourth in Pro Football Focus's elusive rating, which combines uh, missed tackles forced plus yards after mm-hmm. contact. Um, and so that demonstrates that when contact arrives, he does a good a job as nearly any other running back in the league. Uh, and that and that statistic can be gamed a little bit if if your contact happens to be defensive backs, like it is for Austin Eckler, who's one of the leaders in the statistic. You know that's that's kind of gaming a little bit. But for the most part, I think for Cook, it's it's a pretty genuine statistic. Um, the issue is, you know, how much of that is the offensive line? How much is the, of that is him not being able to avoid contact? You don't really have an advanced statistic for that, at least as far as I can tell. Uh, and so you take a look at kind of what he's putting down on film, and I would say that he is not extraordinary in terms of his vision or anything like that, but he's above average, uh, and he does have the ability to avoid that contact. It's just that it, it arrives a little bit too often. So I would say that uh, in this case, the the problem is the offensive line. It's not as much Dalvin Cook because – the other indicators that we have of running back play, say PFF grade or uh, yards after contact or, or elusive rating or whatever, all of them indicate that, that he's performing at a really high level, um, but you can't turn that into production, which you know relates back to the running backs don't matter argument that a lot of people are, 
are putting forth on an- analytics Twitter and, and, and so on. But uh, yeah, the issue here, I think, is primarily the offensive line, especially because, I mean, last week, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook both averaged like 1.3 yards an attempt. Like, I don't think it's a running back talent thing at that point. Yeah, and, and just so we're not too, um, you know, congenial and um, friendly in this debate, Aaron Jones does have a better elusive rating than Dalvin Cook. I'll just wow. say that. Wow, really? Uh, that must be recent. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aaron Jones right now, I'm looking at the numbers, is ninth. Uh, Dalvin Cook is 12th. So oh, wow. it, they're, they're pretty close, but uh, Aaron Jones was, was, again, really good against Seattle despite the limited carries. All right, we'll get back to a reef in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you about my bookie. I tell you almost every day about the reasons you should be betting at my bookie if you're going to bet. And why wouldn't you? Because at a site like my bookie, they've got great online reviews, a, a mobile site that is incredibly easy to use and intuitive. And what I really like about my bookie is you don't need to have all sorts of deep institutional knowledge about all these things to have an advantage. They have over-unders on fantasy points. They have all kinds of prop pets that are just flat-out fun. That's what gambling should be. So go to my bookie. They've got live in-game betting. I mentioned the over-unders on fantasy points. And to top it off, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business right now. My bookie is going to give you an extra $25 just for making a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern. That's right, $25 free dollars. Just money they're going to give you when you enter the promo code LOCKDOWN25. And if you enter right now, my bookie will give you a dollar for dollar deposit bonus up to $1,000 when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN25. So enter after 7 p.m. Get that dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus up to $1,000, plus you get that 25 free play dollars because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, back to Arif. But so I, one of the things that I that I would be uh, remiss if I did not bring up with you is um, Packer fans are not super jazzed about the prospects of Mike McCarthy as their head coach in 2019. Mm-hmm. And one of the names that has been mentioned uh, is currently employed by Minnesota. So where, I mean, how how have you judged what you've seen from John DeFilippo and, and the changes that have been made to this offense and some of the the struggles with Kirk Cousins and and not taking 
a big leap forward, at least statistically offensively this season? Um, I would say that Flip has been, Coach Flip has been, uh, so a lot of fans don't like what he's done. They think he's a significantly below average offensive coordinator, and I don't really think that's the case. I think a lot of, a lot of the limitations are kind of imposed externally, but he also hasn't been a great offensive coordinator. I think he's probably been a little bit above average or something like that. His play design can be really good. Um, but, I mean, Mike Zimmer even took the time to, to criticize him um, uh, after I think on a, on his Monday presser this week, saying that the playbook was like too expansive, which I don't I don't think that's the problem. Um, I mean, you take a look at Matt Nagy's playbook in Chicago; it's enormous. Mike Zimmer even complimented how enormous it was. So, um, but you know, the offense. Nagy said, "We man- still have stuff we can put in." That's the yeah, crazy right, yeah. part. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I don't think you know that that the offense is. Um, a concern from the perspective of, you know, who the offensive coordinator is. I just think that, you know, he's not extraordinary right now as an offensive coordinator, which isn't to say that he's bad or that he will be bad, um, but that his uh, performance, I don't think, is, is kind of the, should be the kind of thing that this year by itself would lead to head coaching interviews. Now, his resume, certainly, yeah, he absolutely deserves some head coaching interviews, but his performance this year is fine, acceptable, above average, um, but it's not the kind of thing that that I would say would drive a head coaching conversation. That said, you know, if he left for the Packers, I'm sure he'd flourish. Yeah, it's one of those things, right? Mike McCarthy had the 30th offense in the league, I think, the year before with the 49ers and gets to Green Bay and turns Brett Favre back into Brett Favre. It's just... Football is weird, man. Yeah. This is, it's just one of those things. And Mike Zimmer, you mentioned the criticism. He also had a shot at Kirk Cousins earlier in the week, asked about pressure. And he said, look, I think the the pockets, you look at a lot of those plays, the pockets were clean. And that, you know, that's a, that's a shot at Kirk Cousins, not being able to execute what's being called. Is there, is there any concern about Mike Zimmer and, and what's going on with, with the w- way the, this team is being led from that standpoint? Uh, I mean, I think the concern is primarily impatient Vikings fans. I think from like the front office, the ownership, uh, people who have, I guess, more of a, a pulse or an understanding of the league. So like national reporters and stuff like that, there isn't, um, you know, the team is underperforming that falls in the head coach in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, that you should be concerned, right? But, you know, he's he's done so much over the past couple of years that certainly he's not on the hot seat as much as some people will say. I think the Daily Norseman published a piece on that, um, your SB Nation sister site at Acme Packing Company. Um, but you know, that that wasn't that was just like that wasn't even uh the people who who kind of headlined for the Daily Norseman. It's just there are some people who um who think that he should be on the hot seat. Um I don't think communication is the issue. Uh, I think that, you know, what he's getting across is getting across. Um, I just think that sometimes you have missteps in play, sometimes you have execution errors, and sometimes, um, you know, you have to, you have to, I don't know, do a better job, which is very shallow analysis, but it's kind of where it stops. It it may, you know, in a vacuum be shallow analysis, but it very much feels like the same thing can be said about Green Bay and Mike McCarthy and what's going on with the Packers. So I totally understand what you mean, because it's just like the Packers are a team that, just hasn't executed the plan. There's oftentimes the plan has been great and the team hasn't been able to execute it. Aaron Rodgers has said that over and over about this offense that, you know, he has a lot of input on the plan. He, everyone feels good about the plan. 
they haven't been able to execute. And how much of that is on the head coach? How much of that is on the players? I think you'd get different answers in different organizations and different fan bases for that. So with all of that said, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, It is not the the marquee matchup we thought it was going to be heading into the year. Uh, but it is, it is in some ways, it feels like a loser leaves town match because lose this game and it's going to be a, an uphill climb for either team to be in the playoff mix come the end of the season. Yeah, no, I think um, if you play around with the numbers that um, the upshot has for, for playoff odds, um, the Vikings have something like a, a 52% chance of making the playoffs. But if they lose to the Packers, it drops to like 30. It's an enormous swing, which uh, this early in the late season, if you'll accept that phrase. This early in the late season is, is really surprising. But, um, I mean, it's really it's a battle for, for the sixth wildcard spot. And, uh, and you lose, uh, you know, against a primary competitor for that sixth wildcard spot and then also lose a tiebreaker, right, because there's the head-to-head is, is, is tied <laughs> somehow, um, then, then it's going to really impact your chances. So... Uh, this is huge, I think, in a way that a lot of Week Twelve games are not, uh, and uh, and it, it's 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 huge in like a, this very pessimistic, cynical way, uh, instead of like they're fighting for the first seed kind of way. But it's still going to be really big, and it's going to help define, you know, how those seasons go. Like it, it might be the game that gets Mike McCarthy fired, right? Well, let's hope that on Monday that is not the conversation that that I am having on my show, but uh, <laughs> it very well might be. So uh, I appreciate you coming in. Where can can my audience find more of the work that you do? Uh, yeah, you can find me at theathletic.com. Um, I, theoretically, I write two articles a week there. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's one. But you can find me at The Athletic or you can follow me on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. If you can stomach listening to Vikings podcasts, you can listen to Norse Code uh, or The Football Machine. The most recent episode of Norse Code has a lot of hot Thanksgiving takes. So uh, I'm sure people will enjoy that. All right, before you go, give me your hottest Thanksgiving take. Turkey is a trash meat. Wow. Uh, yeah, I stand by it. I I think turkey is better than chicken. That's what I'll say. That's absurd. Well, we don't have to litigate that here. No, and we won't. But <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you coming in, uh, coming back. You are a return guest on the show, which I appreciate. And uh, my my hope is for a really good game on Sunday. I think that's... That's all we can really hope for at this point. Yeah, that's true. All right. Take care. You too. All right. I want to thank Arif for joining the podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. If you like other Minnesota sports, The Athletic does a ton of coverage. If you like other sports, period, The Athletic does a really good job. The Packers coverage there with Ben Fennell, who was unfortunately scratched with an injury from today's podcast. Michael Cohen does a great job. And, you know, it's not just the Packer coverage. You've got NBA coverage. You've got baseball coverage, media coverage with Richard Deitch. And and they're hiring TV guys now. So you're not going to have a shortage of coverage if you join The Athletic. It's like a latte a month for really high-quality sports coverage. So I I highly recommend that you consider that. Support quality journalism in all of its forms because it's important. It really is. If you want good content, you should be supporting that content monetarily. That's just the way this all works. All right, remember, no show for Thanksgiving. So that means there's no show Thursday. We're going to do a late afternoon Friday injury show 
talk about the injury report. Not a lot of updates to give you at this point about those injuries, which is why we didn't go over it. But we'll have those reports on Friday. And who knows, Mitch Trubisky dealing with an injury might not even play on Thursday. There's a chance Green Bay is right in the middle of the NFC North playoff race because if the Bears go down and Green Bay wins, they're a game out in the loss column behind Chicago for the NFC North lead. And the season, as I've said, as Mike McCarthy have said, is all out in front of them now. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Let other people know why you turn to Locked on Packers for all of your Packers commentary needs, the news, everything you need to know as a Packers fan. I try and provide on this show. So let other people know why you come here, why you give your time. I treat it as a payment. You pay with your time to be here and I take that seriously I value it and I appreciate each and every one of you because this is this is why we do it to be part of a community like this it is special and if you're a Packers fan you believe that and you are absolutely right so enjoy your holiday enjoy your family enjoy your food coma enjoy your potential Friday morning hangover whatever it is Have fun. We'll see you back here on Friday. Enjoy the games on Thursday. Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. And always stay Locked on Packers.